Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. So we're two writers who tend to procrastinate just a bit. We like to snack. We like to talk. We don't have time to write, but we have time to do this podcast. We certainly do. Join us on the bench. Listen in. At number two, Girls on a Bench. And three, two, one. I mean, that, that might be one of my best executed claps ever. <laughs> Good job, man. Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast, your home for discussions and interviews with a variety of guests covering a wide range of topics. Today is another installment of This Week Today, where we look back on this day in history, sports, entertainment, and more. Let's get started. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Tope. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Adam Baum. How are you, sir? Man, that was my nickname in high school. What's up? It certainly was. <laughs> That's a true story, actually. Yeah, so two weeks ago, I went down to Austin and attended my very first podcast meetup. That's incredible. It was really, really fun. But I wanted to say this. On the drive down, so you mm-hmm. know this, but we own a minivan. I, I do know that. Yeah, and now I, I know that's not cool. I'm not correct. I'm not about to go down the road where I'm going to try to defend minivans. Yeah, no, but they are practical. However, yes, if if you have four children like I do and three in car <laughs> seats, there's not a better car for the job than the minivan. Oh, that's true, and there's a huge age gap too. <laughs> yes, I forgot that all yours are in car seats still. Yes, they are, and so, so min- minivan's perfect. So uh, I'd love to have something cooler, and so would my my beautiful spouse. It's just not. It's just not in the cards right now. In fact, this is probably <laughs> minivan one of three. I'm, I think we're going to end up owning a couple more. <laughs> wow, he's throwing it out there. Bold predictions here yeah. on uh, this yeah. week today. So anyway, something hilarious happened on the drive down to Austin. Oh, yeah. So I'm driving down the freeway. Now I was not in our our minivan. I, I took. I went by myself, so I was in my car. But I'm driving down the freeway, and I this actually happened. I found myself admiring someone driving the newer version of our minivan. Okay, I get that. Yeah, so I kind of chuckled when I found myself admiring the newer version of someone else's minivan. Were you but wearing here, New Balance tennis shoes? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. With Velcro. No, no, I can't tie my... I have arthritis in my hands now, so I can't tie my own shoes. <laughs> it's nothing to joke about. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, met, met a bunch of cool podcasters from Texas. Got to do my first live recording, Adam. Oh, that, yeah, that was your first live recording? Seriously? I think so, yeah. yeah. Wow. And okay. it was really fun because basically the format was for a couple hours we interviewed all the other all the other podcasters about their shows, which, as you know, I, I do enjoy the interview, so I really enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was a great time. And, and actually, the next one, I think, for the Texas podcasters is in the spring. However, Adam, in just <laughs> over two weeks, you and I both will be meeting up at another podcast meetup in Kansas City. Dude, I got to be honest, I am getting really, really excited and also like kind of prepared for a letdown and not because you're going to be there, but <laughs> because it's only 24 hours. Like we, we planned this like, you know, thing and it's only 24 hours. Like, man, we should have done like a two day deal or something. I know it. But for whatever reason, nobody can really hang f- for more than a day or an evening or whatever. So we're, we're going to have yeah. to squeeze a lot of fun out of a very short amount of time, but we will do so. Everybody in their stupid lives and their full time jobs and their schedules. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, and so I don't. 
I'm going to tease the listener on something that I that we're going to try to do. I just don't know if we'll successfully do it, but I'm going to bring my equipment and we're going to try to do a live live show. And then if that all goes down, then for our next episode after that, we'll release a special edition episode of of our time our live recording from that meetup. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, a so lot we'll, of fun. We'll, we'll see if that all comes together. That's our intentions. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And it's not too late. If anybody still wants to come, Kansas City, September 27th and 28th. Yeah, absolutely. Please join us. Next. All right. Well, with that, let's get started and look at the calendar, calendar of special days so everyone knows what to celebrate this week. All right. I'll get us started. So yesterday, hopefully you knew to celebrate National Grandparents Day, or as we also like to call it, National Lois and Frank Day. <laughs> we know who that is. We most certainly do. That's our podcast, Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah, Grandma Lois definitely always wants to make sure that we're eating well and that we don't have a cold. That's correct. Which is, which is big league, and, and, and Grandpa Frank always needs the batteries. Always. Yep, and today is National TV Dinner Day, and TV dinners always are a hard, sore subject for me because that's all I used to eat when I was living in North Carolina alone watching TV every night. So, screw this day. <laughs> huh. All right. <laughs> that was pretty dark, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, that was, that we, for just a moment, we got a little dark on the show, which we don't do very often. <laughs> it's 100% a true story. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's awkwardly move past that to <laughs> to tomorrow, which is, which is uh, National Ants on a Log Day, Adam. You know what? I'll be celebrating that as I fly tomorrow to New York City on 9-11. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, nine, Ants on a Log is more important than 9-11 for sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody could disagree with us on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and then on Wednesday is National Medicare Fraud Day. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It's National Report Medicare Fraud Day. So, <laughs> so don't celebrate it. Report it. So it's it's not it's not commit Medicare fraud tomorrow on on Wednesday. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. Right. Right. I've got your number, so you know, I'm watching you. I'm going to be so ticked if you report my Medicare fraud. <laughs> oh, it's coming, man. It's coming. Just one Dang more it. button, man. <laughs> to the moon, Alice. Okay, well, on Thursday is National Uncle Sam Day. That's interesting. Do you have a joke prepared for that? No, screw that guy. All right. And on Friday is National Cream-Filled Donut Day. So, uh, Chris, what is your favorite cream-filled donut of choice? The Eclair. The Eclair. I like the Boston Cream followed by the Eclair. I mean, on, honestly, whatever you throw out, I, I love cream-filled donuts, so I'm not... You'd have to come up with some really bizarre combination for me not to like it. The problem with, like, the, the two cream-filled that we mentioned, though, are, like, they're just so good. I always eat, like, three of them, and my waistline proves that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can wrap up your week of celebration and choose to celebrate National Felt Hat Day. Interesting. And, Adam, it's also National Double Cheeseburger Day. So would a fez count as a national felt hat? I don't know. Sure. All right. So then it's Doctor Who Day as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tie in. Tied it in, man. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Next. Okay. Well, with that, let's turn our attention to This Week in History. The past. The past. The past. All right. Well, I will kick us off. Let's start with This Week in 1916. Children's author Roald Dahl is born. He is responsible for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in 1964 and James and the Giant Peach in 1961. Both classics. That's right. And this week in 1954, 
the famous Marilyn Monroe skirt scene was filmed. And this week in 1959, a Soviet probe reaches the moon. We know that wasn't the first manned craft because that was in 1969. This week in 1977, the last execution by guillotine was held in France. Four years later, they outlawed capital punishment altogether. So it would have, been a, it would have paid to have been a criminal in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> or 82. Also this week in 1990, Law & Order debuts. Now, just keep that in mind. That show, some version of that show, has been on for almost 30 years. That is insane. The only thing that I know that's like that is The Simpsons with that kind of longevity. Right, right. Okay, so we've mentioned comedian John Mulaney on this show before. One of his, fav- one of his my favorite bits by him is regarding Law & Order SVU, and I'm going to play that right now. Oh, sweet. You can basically say whatever you want on television. It's ridiculous. You can say anything you want. And if you don't believe me, you should watch a little program called Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Yeah. A show that I love, because on that show, you can say the grossest things you've ever heard in your life. No, you can't say, like, the F word. You can't say that on Special Victims Unit. But people walk around on SVU going, like, looks like the victim had anal contusions. Yo, looks like we found semen and fecal matter in the victim's ear canal. Those are two real things that I heard on Law & Order SVU at three in the afternoon. Both spoken by Ice-T. Ice-T is a detective with the Special Victims Unit. He handles New York's most sensitive cases. I love Ice-T on SVU. He is fantastic. He's awesome. What's so great about him is that he's been with the SVU for like mm, 11 years now. But he still treats every case like it's his first in terms of total confusion. (laughs) Sometimes they'll be in the middle of an investigation and Ice-T will be like, Yo, you telling me this dude gets off on little girls with pigtails? It's like, yeah, Ice. He's a pedophile. You work in the sex crimes division. You're going to have to get used to that. You know how they try and tie in, like, current events to every episode of SVU? So there was this episode I saw a while ago that was about sex addiction, because a lot of celebrities had come out as sex addicts. So the episode's about sex addiction. There is a scene in the episode where the other detectives are trying to teach Ice-T what sex addiction is, and it takes a couple of minutes. (laughs) And finally, Ice-T gets it, and they cut to him in this close-up, and he goes, Oh, I get it. You mean like when someone drinks too much? or snorts cocaine, or bets the house on the ponies. And I was like, yeah, you got it, man. (laughs) And I was psyched that Ice-T understood so that they could continue with the investigation. But I could have watched another four hours of Ice-T just naming examples. (laughs) Just that close up. And Ice-T like, or like when someone smokes too many cigarettes, or like when someone shops too much with credit cards. Or like when someone plays too many scratchy lotteries. Or like when someone eats too much chocolate cake. Or like when someone eats too much chocolate cake and then barfs it up. And he would just keep talking and it would slowly fade out and say executive producer Dick Wolf. That'd be my ideal episode. That'd be a good one. 
Have you ever heard that? That is awesome. No, I haven't. That's fantastic. I love that bit so much. I'm so glad Betwe- you brought that into like the fold. Between that and his uh, and his Delta bit, I don't know if you've heard his bit on Delta Airlines. No. We might play that on the next episode. It's pretty damn funny. Hopefully it will not be a clip we don't have time to get to. We hope we will <laughs> feel. <laughs> Boy, this is, Adam, this is the part of the show where... Uh... <laughs> no! <laughs> I can't. You set me up, man. You set me up. This, this is how Keith must feel every time we do news quick hits. Like, <laughs> Next! All right, well, with that, let's move on to the news. Yes, please, please, please play my jingle. Adam. Yes. Have you ever had a girlfriend that threw a flaming t-shirt or dildo at you? (laughs) Are we recycling news stories? No, I just figured it's time to check back in with you to see if that's happened since the last time I asked. <laughs> nope. Nope, it has not happened since then. Well, that has not happened to Eric Lawrence either. However, something even more terrible happened to him, Adam. In the spring of 2014, he got the opportunity of a lifetime. He just didn't know it. Oh. This guy, Eric Lawrence, is a gifted Canadian clarinetist. Okay. Who received national attention when he was still a teenager. Uh-oh. As a student at McGill University in Montreal, he applied for a spot and a scholarship at the prestigious Coburn Conservatory in Los Angeles. Oh, wonderful. Where he would study under the famed clarinet teacher Yehuda Galad. Oh, yeah. I have a CD. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do not. <laughs> you saying I'm lying? No. But anyway, this is a very prestigious program. There's actually only two spots open per year. Wow. It's also and, very small. Yeah. and it, Well, it, it, they have a lot of applicants, but they only accept two, two new ones each year. And they get a lot of specialized attention from this one teacher. The opportunity is seen as a launching pad for elite musicians. Okay. Competition, obviously, is fierce. And Lawrence made it actually to the audition phase. Hmm. But in March of 2014... He saw an email in his inbox telling him he had been rejected. Oh. Obviously, he was very, very disappointed. He actually sure. says, he says in an interview with BuzzFeed that he, he, it took him through some really dark times. You know, he got a little bit legitimately depressed. Yeah, life is tough, bro. Suck it up. Keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was kind of a big deal to him at the time. <laughs> his girlfriend at the time, Jennifer Lee, another musician at McGill, was there to console him. But it turns out... He had been accepted and earned one of the two spots. Oh, my God. Do you know where I'm going with this? Did she take the spot instead? No. He never saw his acceptance email, however, because his girlfriend got to it first and sabotaged him. Oh, my gosh. Did he murder her? Do you want to hear how she did that? (laughs) Delete? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because remember, he got a rejection email. Right. He did get a... Right. He did not get the acceptance email. He got a rejection email. I'm going to tell this whole story, but the reason, just keep in mind, the reason she did this is because she didn't want him to move from Montreal to California. Oh, of course. That means your classic girlfriend can't get over a deal. Right. So a judge... Or significant other. doesn't have to be a girlfriend. That is correct. So a judge describes what seems to have happened. So Miss Lee 
It's actually very elaborate. So Miss Lee accessed Mr. Lawrence's email. She intercepted the acceptance email. She responded to it in Mr. Lawrence's name, declining the offer because he would be elsewhere. Miss Lee then deleted the acceptance email. She then composed and sent an email to Mr. Lawrence, purportedly from Mr. Galad, using an email address she had apparently established herself. So it was a Gmail address that had his name in it. Right. The, the teacher. In this fake email, Miss Lee wrote that Mr. Lawrence had not been accepted at Colburn. Wow. Instead, Miss Lee wrote under Galad's name that Mr. Lawrence was offered a position studying with, with Mr. Galad at the University of Southern California with a scholarship of $5,000 per year. So instead of a full scholarship, which is what the other opportunity was, this was right. one for 5000 per year. Um, and an- annual tr- tr- tuition at USC at the time was around 51000 So she did that because she knew that his financial circumstances would not allow him to accept the fake offer. Right. That's uh, pretty that she- smart. Yes, exactly. So kind of some additional cover. And Mr. Lawrence was completely taken by the deception. Although he... Okay, so so he believed that he hadn't been accepted into Colburn. But he was still determined to study under Galad. So months after the rejection, and after he and Lee had broken up, Lawrence returned to California to audition for a different, less prestigious program that Galad teaches. And in that program, it's similar, except he he doesn't spend as much individual time with each student. Right, right. And so here's, here's where Lawrence describes how he started putting the pieces together of the deception. In a quote, he said, It was at his second audition before Galad, in which they had a brief but strange interaction, when Galad said, Why did you reject me? Which was a fair question. Yeah, because, and why come back if you've been rejected? I mean, if you're, exactly. If you're reject so, me. so yeah. and, and Lawrence says, That was a fair question because nobody rejects him. There's only two spots. The guy doesn't get rejected, so... That was really, really notable. I wonder he, if it like shook Galad up too. Like he went home that night, like man, like I just got rejected for the first time ever. <laughs> You're like seriously? <laughs> I mean, quite, quite possibly. I think it really made an impression on the guy because he's never been rejected. No one ever turns down the opportunity once it's been extended to them. Yeah, for sure. And so, but having done nothing of the sort, he asked the same question in return. He said, "Why did you reject me?" But they couldn't sort it for whatever reason. It doesn't explain, but it says, "But before they, they couldn't sort it out at that time during that conversation." But over time. The wonder lingered, and another student of Galad's asked him about it. Eventually, Lawrence forwarded the fake rejection email to Galad, who replied, I've never seen that email in my life. Wow. And it says, this is such a sentence you would say. The quote is, that's when I knew that something underhanded was afoot. <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> that's how I knew it was a foot. And then, and then I suspected that some miscreant had tampered with the email <laughs> transmission. <laughs> Dude, tell me this was rectified. Please tell me this was rectified. Like that he got to go study under Galad. Okay. He and a friend decided to investigate. And one day in 2015, about a year later, they set out to gain access to the fake email account. And because Lawrence and Lee once shared a computer, he knew one of her passwords, which he tried. Miraculously, it logged right in. Excellent. He goes in there and he recovers the email. Let me guess, did he go to jail for breaking into somebody else's email? <laughs> no, for, fortunately not. But Lawrence did sue for 300000 Canadian dollars in damages. The judge added an additional 25000 Canadian as punishment for 
morally reprehensible conduct, and another 25000 in damages for the incompensable personal loss suffered by Mr. Lawrence by having a closely held personal dream snatched from him by a person he trusted. Oh, hell yeah, Judge. Yeah. Kicking ass. So while Lawrence's musical career may have been delayed by the deception, it wasn't derailed. He still got to study under Glaude under the other program and is now an associate clarinetist at the Toronto Symphony. I feel like that's a, that's a sorry consolation prize. All right, Adam. We've come to that time in the show again. Oh, come on, man. Where we have to apologize to the listener. Sorry, listeners. We don't have time for our next story, but I will read the headline. Okay. Woman defecates and throws feces at restaurant employees. <laughs> I, I just feel like anybody who can like, you know, take a D-rock in front of somebody else and throw it around, that's... That's impressive. It's horrifying. It's also somewhat like, wow, you, you were able to do that. Awesome. Now, we say this all the time. We will do our best to try to get to that next story. Absolutely. But the other thing that I'll tease, even if we don't get to it, I might, I may post the video. Have you seen the video of this? No. There is, there is very good video of this. Oh, my God. So let's just say this. Who knows if we'll ever get around to the story because we, we typically don't. But I will post the video, and that's really all that you need. Yeah, after that, I mean, that's, that's the follow-up that the listeners have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, will, I, I commit to posting the video. <laughs> Next! All right, well, with that, let's move on to birthdays. All right, why don't you kick us off, brother? I will. Yesterday was the 52nd birthday of comedian and actor Adam Sandler. Yep. It was also the 47th birthday of Eric Stone Street. If you don't recognize his name, he's won... Emmys for his role as Cameron in Modern Family, and he is fantastic. On Wednesday, we have Neil Peart, who turns 66, obviously the amazing drummer for Rush. Uh, on Thursday, September 13th, Dave Mustaine turns 57. He is one of the most well-known guitarists of all time. He was the original lead guitarist for Metallica and went on to found Megadeth when that broke up. So, awesome guy. They've now reconciled uh, great guitarist. And on Saturday, September 15th, you've got Tommy Lee Jones, 72, drummer for a Motley Crue, of course. He's starting to look a little bit homeless, which is sadly the last step before death. But hey, that's a sci-fi <laughs> life. Am I right? <laughs> and finally, Dan Marino turns 56 on Saturday also, former quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. One of the few guys that really deserved to win a Super Bowl and didn't. Man, I 100% agree with that. That oh, poor guy. For sure. He definitely does. All right. How about some born this week, but now dead? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most cheerful, like, but now dead. <laughs> we, we reference that in every episode, so I finally decided to go back to the original episode and cut Clay out saying that so we could use it in every episode going forward. That is 100% perfect. I'm so glad you did that. And thank you, Clay Groves. Yeah, thank you, Clay Groves of the Fish Nerds Podcast. Okay, so real quickly, here's our deads. Colonel Sanders died in 1980 at the age of 90. Rest in peace. Otis Redding died in 1967 at the age of 26. Hmm. And Arnold Palmer, one of the greatest golfers of all time, died in 2016 at the age of 87. Dude, I filmed him in like 2009 or 10. Did you really? Pro-Am tournament in West Palm. Yep. Holy smokes. Yeah, we went down like the fairway a little bit. I mean, like the the tee-off area. And we were like right off the side and he almost hit us, but it was worth it. (laughs) I would imagine. Yeah, it was awesome. Next. 
All right. Well, with that, you know what it's time for now? What's that? Dear Dave. Dear Dave. Hi. Uh, my name is Vera, and uh, I have a question for Dave. I'm curious if I can tell by the smell of my husband's farts if he's been cheating. Now, hear me out. might sound crazy, but the husband usually has his own smell, and the family always knows when he has passed gas, even if he tries to be funny about it and blame it on the dog. The dogs have their own smell, too. But lately, he's had to work late a few times, and each time he's come home, his gas has smelled like anything I have never smelled before. It's awful. Kind of like maybe he had Thai food or something, and he doesn't like Thai food. He says the only thing that he's been doing is been working late, and he's been coming home. But there's something definitely different about those farts. So, Dave, help me. Do you think he's cheating? Oh, good question, Vera. Yes. So, I would never try to answer this question myself, so I'm so glad we have Dave on the staff. Yes. Let's turn to dear Dave and see what he says. All right, Dave, bring in the heat. Thanks, good friend, dear old ass Dave. And I got an answer for a woman who is worried about how her husband's farts smell different. Now I understand that you can get used to your husband's certain flavor or brand. Uh, and what I really think is that because he's been working later, more than likely, he's been fitting in a little bit extra takeout while he is at work. What you need to be about is not so much that he is cheating on you, but probably that he's going to be putting on a few more LBs given the uh, fatty takeout food that he's been consuming. So what you want to do is instead of accusing him of cheating, I want you to start pressuring him to put him on a day cardio regimen and forcing him to make healthier food choices. That way, instead of worrying about your husband cheating on you, you can just make sure that he doesn't heal over from a massive coronary. That's my advice for you. Thanks for asking, dear Dave. You know what, Adam? That's actually not terrible advice for Vera. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that he's right. I'm with Dave on this one. You know, yeah. put put him on a severe cardio regimen, and you know, see if the uh, late night hours go away, and or just get the health benefits. So it's a win win. Absolutely. So again, like he has every time before, Dave gives excellent advice for a very tough question. He crushed it. He just yeah. simply crushed it. Thanks, Dave. David, thank you. Next. All right. Ready to move on? Let's do it. It's time for this. Sarah Hack for that. Sarah Hack for that. Life hack number three. If you're like me, you know, a gorgeous, genius, unique butterfly that is also misshapen in weird and mysterious ways. You have feet that are too wide to be normal and too normal to be wide. So you end up buying shoes that fit, but the length of shoelace that you're left to work with is about equal to the earthworms you experimented on as a kid. In short, they're really short. Now, you could go out and buy longer shoelaces, but they're never the color or length that you want. So, is there a hack for that? Yes, sirree, Bob. First, you're going to need to get a loom. I recommend the Weaver 16,000. It retails for about 16,000, <laughs> fittingly, so it's a bit pricey, oh, okay, but you yeah. will be amazed by the suppleness of the laces when they come off. There. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Once you've allowed the laces to dry for three and a half cloudy days, you're ready to build the aglet. <laughs> Step number 87. <laughs> the aglet is the sheath at the end of the laces that will prevent them from shredding, and it's the perfect excuse to buy that 3D printer you've always wanted. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. Please make sure to switch off the blowtorch before trying your laces on. I've made that Fair mistake enough. a few times times and my eyebrows are still not back to full strength. 
Congratulations. Mm. You've now completed all 357 steps to making your own shoelaces. It's time to lace up those kicks and start um, kicking something. Anyway, properly length shoelaces will make your life so much easier. Until next time. Sarah Hack for that. So again, back to back. Dude, that was a great tip. I mean, like who doesn't struggle with too short shoelaces? Right. So you could just get a loom and make your own shoelaces. And I feel like it was reasonably priced. Yeah, I know. Only $16,000. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, when you think about it, though, it's an investment piece. Okay. It's not just like some BS, you know, thing you're going to throw away because you can't. Exactly. I mean, a good loom, that could last a lifetime, Adam. Next. All right, Adam. Well, first of all, I'd like to just say thanks to our two staff members, dear Dave and Sarah. Yeah. Two very good contributions. So thank you to both of them. Yeah. And for the caller for the question. That was perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Vera. However, Adam, that brings us to the end of another episode of This Week Today. Confounded. But before we go... Adam, is there anything you'd like to promote today? Yes. I would like to promote, again, the Blood Drawn Chronicles. This is the final season, season 12, that we're editing. It will come out this Saturday um, is when the first two seasons come out, or first two episodes come out. Uh, I have been mastering the audio for that. It's a fantastic show. Uh, really, really good storytelling. And he's about to release like the next series um, again in this in this fall. But the this is the series finale. For the Blood Drawn Chronicles, the Myrick portion, which is awesome, and the Ostium podcast just came back, which I'm really excited about. So, these two things I'd like to promote and shout out, like I always do, and uh, and I'd also like to promote the Good Christian Fun podcast. That thing has been having me and Liz in stitches. It is not required that you are a Christian to listen to it or anything like that. It is hilarious. Great podcasting, great jobs. There you go. Excellent. All right. Well, a couple of reminders. Again, the hotline number is 321-465-2180. Let us hear from you. And please come join us on Facebook. Search The Gravity Beard Interns. You'll not regret it. There's three ways you can support the show financially. First, you can go to patreon.com forward slash gravitybeard. We're also on PayPal. That link is paypal.me forward slash gravitybeard or search our email, contactthebeard at gmail.com. Or find us on Venmo by searching Gravity Beard, all one word. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. It's a terrific lineup of shows. Go to podfixnetwork.com to check them all out or search at Podfix on Twitter. Also, please check out Podfix Presents. It's a podcast from the collective minds of the Podfix Network. Listen to it on Apple Podcasts or any other podcatcher. You can find our show on Twitter by searching at The Gravity Beard. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout. We also used The Only Girl, both by Silent Partner. Their stuff can be found on the YouTube audio library. You've been listening to This Week Today on Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Later. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.